0: In this episode, the final key running foundation channeling our energy with discussion about nutrition, rest, relationships, and more, and unparalleled record-breaking performances on the track over the weekend. You don't want to miss even a second.
1: Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running.
0: Welcome back to the show. I'm Zach. And I'm Andy. And before we get into anything specific, we do want to talk briefly about a new product we've experienced, these compression socks.
1: Yeah, SB Socks reached out to us and sent us some compression socks to try out. And they also gave us a code, and that's A to Z running, and you get 10% off of three pairs of socks. And these are the most affordable compression socks I've seen on the market. They're like $15 for three pairs.
0: That's really something. Most of the time, to buy a single pair of tall compression socks, you're looking at like fifty bucks for you know the leading companies.
1: Yeah, and these are the lighter ones, so I would recommend wearing these for like travel. Uh, maybe if you work. Uh, sitting down or um, you just kind of need that like extra edge for recovery these would be really great for you and the sale goes uh, on till July 31st at midnight so if you want to hop on to a to z com slash episode 41 you can find the link to those socks there and if you're a subscriber you can get that discount code
0: And it's probably worth mentioning um, the reason we're not sitting here talking about how great compression is and all of this kind of stuff is because there's really not a good body of work that proves compression is a significant factor. In benefiting your running, like talking about performance or talking about speeding recovery and such. Um, as far as anyone knows for sure, compression is absolutely beneficial in a sedentary period when you need to improve circulation when you're just sitting for long periods of time. So or that, after know,
1: racing, hard
0: ap- workout. Well, sure, yeah. Especially when you're sedentary. So if you're moving about and you're and you're active, that is helping improve your circulation. So there, there's not conclusive evidence that compression adds more to that. But if you're sitting in an office chair all day working, or, you know, if you do a hard workout in the morning and then you go to work for, you know, eight hours or something, definitely wear your compression. Or if you got to drive in the car for four hours to go somewhere, if you're flying in a plane, wear these socks. And since that's the case, all of the things I just listed, um, I don't want to spend $50 for a pair of socks to sit in the office all day, but I would spend 15 bucks for three pair. And these are the kinds Mm -hmm. of socks that I would wear for that purpose.
1: Yeah. And I think all of us as runners, we want to find just little ways to recover better, to feel better. And I do think that I felt better personally using compression, especially because I was marathon training with a job where I was traveling and also standing in heels. So I wore sleeves and I do think that it helped me quite a bit in my recovery during that time.
0: So speaking of Andy and running... Um, Andy is, in fact, actually doing a little bit of running
1: Hallelujah. Lately. Yes.
0: So if you've so, been following <laughs> with us, Andy's been hurt, but hurt in an unspecified yeah. way. Something wrong with the foot, but no conclusive I just proof. took
1: it very cautiously because mm-hmm. I really don't want to set myself back further. And I had some tremendous pain in my foot. And then for the past two weeks, it's been feeling better. So now I'm up to about five or six weeks. And I just decided that I was going to give it go so i've been doing the run walk method gala walking gala walking as we have we've told all of you is a good idea coming back from injury pregnancy or starting out as a new runner
0: definitely so the the key takeaway here is there is no urgency there's no thing to get back to immediately right now because there's no thing on the horizon unfortunately these you know the cancellations and such they're still happening and so if you're like Andy in that situation or even like I was with my shin problem a little while back I took 5 days off not really needed I could have probably run through that pain and continued on in my training but why why risk, risk that
1: risk versus benefit Absolutely. we always are weighing this and when I was in marathon training I had some niggles and I trained through them I didn't do as high of mileage but I I wanted to run in the Olympic trials so So I needed to be ready to do that.
0: Were those niggles your husband and two sons? (laughs) Is that what you're talking about? Or is it a different kind of niggle? Those
1: are wiggly niggles.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. All right. So you definitely don't want to hear us talking anymore about ourselves after that. So, we've got a phenomenal episode planned today, and it's long anticipated conclusion to our Running Foundations series. So, we've done three parts now. This is being the third. And what we're trying to do here is we're really trying to lay out what does it take to be a thriving runner? These are the running foundations, the three keys to thrive as a runner. So, uh, what does it take? Uh, The first one was aerobic condition. That was episode 39. Go back and listen to that if you haven't yet, because that is basically our argument for the most important way you should train as a distance runner. And everyone needs to be doing a significant amount of it. Um, Not to say that everyone should be doing that all the time. And only that that's not the argument we make. But go listen to the episode, you'll hear it. Number two, then was strength and mobility, which was episode 40. And that's like, Do you want to feel good while you're running? And of course, the answer is yes. Do you want
1: to stay healthy while you're running? Stay healthy
0: while you're running. You know, do you want life to? You know, when you go um, unload some wood chips and throw them in a wheelbarrow and shovel them somewhere and then feel sore for a week, that's a problem. Um, Do you want to avoid some of that kind of stuff? So you need to be working on strength and mobility, just like everyone else does. And so we laid out some really practical approaches to that. And then in this final installment, we're going to be talking about general health and wellness and what it takes to maintain. So it's basically two things. General health and wellness is the catch-all, essentially, for everything non-training. It is that. But in more important terms, it's the lens through which we view all of the things we're doing in terms of our running identity, our running world, our running life, and such. And so we want to really dig into the body-mind spirit of a thriving runner. And that... Will be coming up after a little bit from the world of running.
1: Exciting things from the world of running
0: So first thing first, which is oh so disappointing for everyone, including the race directors, uh, Rivertown Races is canceled. That's uh that's a local West Michigan race in Grand Rapids, Millennium Park is And it was planned for August 1st. So if you were planning to do this, and I think we talked about it most recently on the last episode, uh, because it was still on as of the last episode. Sorry to all of you. And, you know, we're feeling the sorrow with you because we were going to be there. And it was really going to be the first chance to get out and like compete in some fashion, not happening. And so now we look to the next first chance and we just hope, for another.
1: And until then we're living vicariously through and as big fans yes! of these amazing runners of Bowerman Track Club who ran five Ks freaky, fast, 5ks north american record 5ks oh don't
0: give it away yet oh (laughs) okay so this is incredible barman track club is it it's the premier track club now as far as well in the u.s there's there's there are these like affiliate track programs that it's like who is actually part of these running teams you never really know they're the secret teams like uh this is what kipchoge is part of right do you actually know who's on elliot kipchoge's team who he Mm -hmm. runs with the answer is no, you don't. And I always wonder why, uh, because they don't publicize that kind of stuff. But Bowerman Track Club's it, man. They lead the world, it would seem, right now in track. And they showed up again.
1: It was incredible. We watched and we'll link to the USATF yes, You've got to watch this. Yeah. It is incredible to see people run this fast for this long.
0: Yeah. Listen, if you've never seen women run under 1430 in a 5K before and you want to know what that looks like, watch this race. Well, they ran.
1: Shelby Houlihan ran 1434.
0: No, mm-hmm. that was her previous record, Andy. Oh. Shelby Houlihan ran 1423 oh, yeah. for right. a new American record, <laughs> oh, my the goodness. second fastest time ever run on American soil and the 12th fastest performance by a human being who's female. In the 5K. Are you kidding me? Are you
1: kidding me? So, by the way, if
0: you look on the list of the top 11 in front of her, um, so it's Ethiopia, 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 everywhere. There's three Kenyans, and then there's uh, from the Netherlands, which is Sifan Hassan. And so she's not Netherlands born. Well, she might be born in the Netherlands now that I think about it. Um, But genetically, she's East African as well, which only means something insofar as the fact that um, East Africans dominate this list. And then there's a Russian right in front of Shelby Houlihan, and it's Shelby Houlihan. So there's not very many non-East African descent runners who can do this, period, who even are capable. But not only did Shelby Houlihan run 14:23, but her teammate, Carissa Schweizer, Ran
1: 14.26. Okay. And the most impressive thing about this, in my opinion, is the fact that her previous personal bus was 14.45. Listen. That's so a huge
0: 19 PR at second that level. PR. Already world class. Well,
1: yeah. It's already already ridiculously fast. So to like push the extra envelope to go that much faster is just out
0: of this world. So Shelby Houlihan held the American record prior to this race, um, and 14:34, as Andy was saying earlier, uh, from last year. So Shelby Houlihan just ran an 11 second personal best in only a year's time Cursor schweizer just ran a 19 second personal best to also best the previous american record so both of them went under it their teammates their training partners like this stuff just doesn't happen i know wow
1: and they did talk after in their post-race interview with TF tv they were talking about how the fact that they are training partners has really benefited them and that they are really good at being like teammates and helping each other but then they get really competitive and you saw that in this race
0: yeah and by the way that time is like 436 mile pace Oh my goodness. so let that sink in a second or maybe it's like 439 sex. but so they were running like 69 70 second per lap which is 436 to 440 mile pace and then Shelby Houlihan dropped like a 61 second final lap 400 meters which is 404 mile pace. So, ladies and gentlemen, these are not just runners. This, this is something. Well, it didn't end there. It
1: did not The end. night was not, even not close. Over. not even close to ending. It was ramping up.
0: So, the men's race was to follow. And this I mean, this is just their own club running an entire meet. So, there was like seven women in the race and they were all teammates. There's eight men in the race or nine men in the race. They're all teammates. Um And you know, four of them, I think, finished each of the runs. So they just did these two 5Ks. That was the whole meet, if you will. In the men's race, you had the pace set at 12.55. Yeehaw! That's what they were intending to run, that pace. So just process this with me. 12.55, it's about 4.09 mile pace. I've run 4.10 as my fastest mile. So I do know what that feels like, and I would never be able to do that for... More than a couple laps at this point now. That's just, it's insane. So, the, as these guys are running and the announcers are talking about, like, yeah, they just ran another 61 second lap, another 62 second lap, and it's just, they just look like they're jogging out there. It's crazy. Well, um, so you got uh, basically a bunch of Americans and Mohamed, who's actually Canadian, uh, but he's still part of the Barman Track Club. They're all the same team. Um, so, Mohamed holds, previous to this race, the Canadian n- national record in about 1258. That was his personal best. And then you had one other athlete in the run who has run under 13 previously, Woody Kincaid. And he was like a 1258 is his best time from, I think it was last year. It might've been earlier this spring. I cannot remember, unfortunately, but um, aside, so aside from that, basically there's only been eight Americans, nine Americans who had it's run nine, nine, nine mm-hmm. Americans who had run under 13 minutes period in the history of time. And so we just got it. We just got to tell you mohamed ran 358 for his last 1600 his last four laps he basically ran a sub four mile to close out this race to finish in the 10th fastest time in the world ever in 1247 it just
1: yes whoa and the way that his stride looked
0: so good he was
1: so smooth he was so efficient he used every part of that stride as he was propelling himself forward and at the end he even did like the, the little like sprinter duck head thing you yeah. know what i'm talking about oh, man. he did that at the very end of the race it was it was amazing and even though the cameras were on him uh Lopez Lamont was still running ridiculously fast. So Lopez it was like Lamang. hard to see them both on the same screen. Um but he's he was the ninth. He's the ninth the now ninth American to join to the sub under 13. thirteen minute club. Yeah. He ran twelve fifty eight point seven eight. He uh wow. it, he's American.
0: He is American. Way. So Lopez Lamont is 35 years old and has run 13 flat like two or three times or close to that like two or three times and he's been so close and you know it's one of those things where it's like his career looked like it was fizzling out about four or five years ago he was a 1500 specialist a miler and he had a great run and then he just kind of was struggling for a bit and then the 5k happened and suddenly it was like, oh, Lopez LeMong's a world class 5K runner. Who would have guessed? So um, you know, and he just he just dropped a 12:58. The crazy part is, not even kidding. Mohamed running in front of him and running away from him like that made Lopez Lamang look just you know, as you're watching the cast, looks almost pedestrian. But then you find out he just ran twelve fifty eight, and he that's didn't look not, that way until
1: the last like no, yeah. Few, yeah. few laps. Um, it was the last two laps when, Moamed. yeah,
0: when Mohamed really yeah. took off. But
1: but that Crazy. was really impressive. And of yeah. course, you know, as being a thirty one year old, I see that thirty five, and I'm like, hey, he's doing it. He's making things happen. We're gonna have Kiara Damato on the uh, podcast in a couple of weeks. She's thirty five. Just ran a smoking smoking
0: 1504 5 k. Time trial, yeah. Yeah.
1: So anyway, yeah. I love hearing these uh, thirty-year-old, thirty-plus-year-olds getting it done.
0: Yeah, because it's the only way we have any hope for ourselves. <laughs> All right, That's so not true. Th- this is so exciting to us because it's happening for one thing, but really, just you know, these are the kinds of things that make the sport so exciting. Is when you just see, not because they're running fast, you know, it doesn't have to be national caliber. Uh, record times to be an exciting thing. But they're just these teammates going out and just crushing it. Mm -hmm. And you can see the excitement and the energy. And there's only like 17 people in the entire stadium. And yet you can still see the excitement and the energy. It's great.
1: And we were very grateful that it was was broadcast. So thank you to USATF TV for doing that.
0: USATF.TV for all of the times I complain about how they don't cover the things I want them to cover. They did cover this. so
1: They heard you, Zach. It's good. Maybe. They all listened Maybe. to the podcast last week, and we're like, hey, we got to show this guy some track and field.
0: All right. Well, we should just wrap up the track and field news. It's not track and field news. We should wrap up the world of running um, at the moment. But there's, there's other things to talk about, and we'll, we'll circle back to some of that stuff next time. So let's jump over to our main topic after a short break. All right, as promised, the final and third installment in the running foundation. So that's why it's three keys to thriving, and specifically thriving as a runner. So, general health and wellness. And we're really actually calling this channeling the energy.
1: And Zach resisted that, but it really makes (laughs) the most amount of sense for this topic because really that is what we're doing in this life. We have a certain amount of energy in a day and how we channel that energy and how we use it in running to be productive in other areas of our life is essential to thriving and continuing running as a lifelong sport.
0: Yeah. So the fundamental thing that we want to state here, and, and we could probably just say this sentence and then wrap up the episode. <laughs> um, so for your general health and wellness to channel the amount of energy appropriately in terms of running, it must follow this one simple rule. Your running must be a positive contribution to the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That is the fundamental rule. And if it's not, you're going to have problems. Yeah, It's going to b- somehow be a negative influence on itself and... The things that you're influencing the rest of your life, whatever that is. So certainly for most of us, running is little more than an important hobby. I mean, as as Andy and I are sitting here talking, we love running, we do a lot of things like even the A to Z running stuff around the sport of running, but it really is a an important hobby in most senses. And so and, and it's a passion, and it's a significant part of what we love to do. But that being said, if that's true for you as well, uh, it should only ever occupy the amount of space in life that an important hobby occupies or take up the amount of energy that an important. and, And so that's that's a difficult way to filter how we're thinking about these things, because It also to do this well, you know, if I want to be the best runner I can be, I really have to be thinking about a lot of different factors. And that's where we're going to go with some of this stuff. Um, But all of that to say, before we get into these details, it's just important to remember that it has to maintain it's appropriate amount of space, you know. So that's different, obviously, for everyone. That's different in every context. Right. You know, if, if you're a single person and you're you're living kind of by yourself, working a relatively non-stressful job, you probably have more space and energy that running could occupy. If you're married and you and your spouse have 17 kids running around everywhere, and you work a really intense job or you own your own business. You've got less energy to devote to running. And so you shouldn't be devoting as much energy to it as someone who has more. Um, and then the context obviously even change. If you got three birthday parties this week and a major deadline with work or something else going on that's that occupies a lot of time and space, you've got less energy this week to devote to it. But mm-hmm. if another week you're kind of, you know, on a restful vacation type of period of time, or most of your family is away at camps or school or, you know, those kinds of things, suddenly you have more time in it. So you get the point.
1: So I do recognize that our audience is going to be full of people who really like to have everything down to a T like me.
0: Perfectionist.
1: Perhaps I'm not labeling you. Don't feel labeled. She Everyone. is
0: labeling me. She looked <laughs> at me when she said that. So
1: that, that, Might be true, but it is so important to hold loosely some things and have flexibility. So I'm just saying that because I think a lot of our ability to channel energy is going to be with the flow.
0: With the flow? Yes, channeling like the flow. Channeling the flow. Of so not, it's not channeling energy anymore. No, so we chan- change it to channeling channel the, the flow. Channeling the
1: flow of energy.
0: Actually, I think flow is like a trademarked term now oh, after it? that author wrote his book called Flow. Oh. Well, so. Andy, you've got a couple examples of some things before we try to get into then our specific recommendations.
1: Right, because I think a lot of this balance comes in creating creatively thinking about our running and maybe adapting the way that we think about things and use running. So I wrote a post, it's called Running in the Raw, the truth about my running. So I did a raw running evaluation and I will put that in the podcast blog post
0: for you to read a to if Z you running. Like. Com slash episode 41.
1: But I do want to mention like a couple things of that I've learned personally, and I think authenticity is a great way for all of us to grow and learn from each other. So I've used running in the past to mask insecurity. Uh, it became my identity, who I am, but running on the flip side can be used to center yourself, So like on a run, you can learn more about yourself. You can dive into things you need to work on. So instead of masking insecurity, it can help you become more centered. Now, I've used running to escape obligations, using it as an excuse to get out of social interaction or to avoid uncomfortable situations. But instead of escaping obligations on the flip side, we can use running to structure our priorities and help us see what is important.
0: So and it's probably an important reflection here as is, is we're thinking about why, why Andy, why is it a bad thing to escape obligations with the run? And, you know, I remember when I was a teenager, one time I went out for a run because there was shouting happening in my house and I didn't want to be a part of it. So I just put on my shoes and went running. Um, you know the reality is is that if we're trying to use something like this to avoid or self medicate or you know all those kinds of things, and we're not addressing some kind of problem or tension or conflict, it's not going to get better just because I went for that run. Now it can potentially put me in a better headspace <laughs> to address it later. So I'm not saying that that's entirely bad, but I, I guess the whole point is here we're really trying to wrestle with the concept of how to find harmony body, mind, spirit, Mm -hmm. harmony, and how running is or is not a part of that.
1: Mm -hmm. And if we are ones to find ourselves in isolation, we talk about it all the time in this podcast, but running might be a way to connect with some people and to build relationships by having friends who are also runners. And I found personally that side-by-side time is really important for me. So whether I'm running or I'm doing some other activity relationally, I do better side by side. So running has kind of filled that for me in a, in a good way and I've used running instead of to avoid relationships to build relationships.
0: So let's try to break it down here in terms of what do we mean by the general health and wellness stuff? What's involved in that, which I mentioned just a moment ago, and what are the best kinds of recommendations that we can offer, as far as what is objectively true. And uh, the first thing here, so we're talking about body, mind and spirit as the kind of areas of focus for general health and wellness. And as you might guess that we're really just trying to include everything that might be a part of your life in some way. So obviously, with your body, we're really focusing on nutrition, hydration, sleep, rest, all of those kinds of things. And I think it's not a bad idea for just about all of us to try to, at some point or another, take a look at Matt Fitzgerald's book, Endurance Diet. It's The Endurance Diet, and it's like five habits or something like that that professional runner. So basically here's what Matt Fitzgerald did. He attempted to go all over the world and spend some time with the best endurance athletes from like nearly every culture. And I don't think he made it across every culture in the world or every major culture, if you will. But, um, he, he encountered, uh, just about everything out there, you know, the cross country skiers in the Scandinavian states and, and France and in and the mountains there. And he was with the East Africans and he was down in South America. And, and he, so he, he was all over the place. And he drew some really interesting conclusions. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important takeaway when you look at all the research about nutrition, about diet. And by the way, when I say all the research, let's remember some of it you know, from like three years ago, which has been refuted. And you know, this happens about every week, some kind of new study claims the opposite of the most recent new study. And that happens constantly. And so then there's this new diet, and this is the best diet, and this is the right diet, and all of that kind of stuff. The point is, there is no actual nutrition solution that all of us should seek. There isn't.
1: Well, except for the generalizations, and except I have to say for, that we have yeah. worked with some nutritionists in our blog posts that talks about some great foods to integrate into your diet. There is science. There is good stuff out there. Yeah, but not like, everyone's gonna have the same food needs. Food
0: that's more quality. Than food that's less quality. Like you, you, it, it is a good idea to avoid eating tons of highly processed food only all the time. But that doesn't mean you should cut 100% all processed food out of your diet. You don't need to necessarily. Um, well, there, some people a, might. You might. You know, exactly. That's the whole point. It's contextual, and what the right diet is for you is almost definitely not the right diet for every other of the people listening to this episode Mm -hmm. right now. Um, So that's kind of the conclusion that Matt Fitzgerald drew as he was traveling all over the place. And, you know, some of it's cultural, some of it's hereditary, some of it's contextual. um, You know, all of those kinds of things are piece of the puzzle. So what is it we're going to say about diet and nutrition? We're going to say... Try to eat well and, and seek help if, if you're you would feeling, like yeah. If you're feeling something badly, something's not working right for you, then make a change. Right. But or seek
1: help with a professional. Eh, always a good you. idea to mm-hmm.
0: yes. But here's here's the point that I think is always important to remember. Um If you're going to change anything with your diet, change as few things as possible at once. Because if you change a bunch of things, you never know which one actually worked or didn't work. And, you know, so change as few things as possible at once. And if you're going to change anything in your diet, avoid changing it in an extreme way. So change things gradually in small ways in isolation Because that's how you're going to start to really hone in on what's working best for you.
1: Yeah. And I know a lot of runners have had the opportunity to do some nutritional testing and some allergy testing. And if that's available to you and that's in your price zone, I think you should go for it. Like I'd love to do that. I haven't yet in my life, but that would be highly beneficial if there are nutritional issues that are going on in your in your life that are affecting your running and your health.
0: It's not a bad idea to remember as well. If, you, if you've if you had something come up at some point, these things change dramatically over time also just naturally. So like if you've been anemic at some point, it doesn't mean that you are now and, you know, like that kind of thing. So if, you know, use whatever the most current information you have is and try to make your decisions well. And that's that, of course, there's a lot of things that you can do out there. And we're just not going to try to tell you what to do with all of that, except to, Pay attention. Try to pay attention. Pay attention, try, attention to it. To do and well.
1: we are having Abdi Amnaraman on our podcast coming up, so make sure you subscribe. And he did talk about getting proper rest, and that's been important for him, so he'll talk more about that uh, next week on the, the podcast.
0: Yeah, so we, obviously in terms of your body, but also, you know, your mind, and <laughs> anything, uh, rest matters and rest is a couple of different kinds of things but specifically physical rest like physical sleep there's always some interesting reflections on like you know if you're running more if you run this amount then you need this amount of sleep like not don't trust any of that kind of stuff because it's all it's only ever based off a limited amount of information and probably not you, because unless you were part of that study that drew that conclusion. So the reality here is if you're running a lot, you probably need more sleep than if you're not running a lot. Um, and you're only ever going to know that when it's too late. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the thing with sleep. You know, you, it catches up with you eventually. So, I
1: did yeah. watch uh, part of Gwen Jorgensen's YouTube channel and she was talking about having her nap time as something that was scheduled in her training plan. Oh, like yeah. she had oh, yeah. to meet the requirements of her training plan by getting naps in.
0: Yeah. As of, as of yet, I've never talked with a professional runner who doesn't nap at pretty much every day, not every single day, but pretty much every day. Um, and, and that's probably because they need to, yeah. but, we're not professional runners.
1: I would love that, and it
0: sounds like a nice thing, but it doesn't mean we need it. I, I don't know. And in, in reality, I should just be going to bed earlier every night, <laughs> and then I'll feel great. Um, and you know, here's the interesting thing, and I can tell you right now, I get about six hours of sleep on average when I'm not really training much at all, and I feel fine. That's and if not it's, enough for me. Though. If it's a little more than that, I probably feel excellent. Um, but if if I'm really at the at the peak of training, at six hours, I'm Barely awake It's devastating It's awful So yeah It matters It makes a difference And just a quick reflection On the last piece here We've talked about hydration Quite a bit At different points Throughout our material So like Especially in our blog You'll go back And read some of that stuff Um, But the the thing with hydration Is really actually quite simple Obviously we need to be Drinking a lot of water But think about it like this What is the reason You need to be drinking A lot of water And the answer is simply This Your blood Flows better When you're better hydrated And your blood is what's getting everything where it needs to be in your body. So you think better when you're better hydrated. Your, your nutrition that you're trying to eat well gets to the right places better when you're better hydrated. And of course, when you're actually training, you know the oxygen that provides the fuel for your muscles, I'm talking about that aerobic conditioning episode. So if you didn't listen to that one, go back. Um, that oxygen is what makes it all work. And that oxygen only gets places if you're well hydrated. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how good a shape you are, the hydration is the thing that makes it all work. Mm-hmm. So, drink more water. <laughs> That's
1: and it. I just, or noon
0: or no, an Those things are hydration plus some other things. Yeah. You need high volumes of just oh, water sure, sure, every day. I'm just
1: saying, hydration. Yeah. yeah hydration yeah. station. If, if you're sweating out to a noon. lot, then you
0: also need electrolyte. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The next thing is our mind and spirit.
0: So, we're kind of lumping these two together. Uh, because it's really hard. Like the things you do for your mind are also the kinds of things you do for your spirit. And uh, what do we even mean when we say spirit? We're, you know, we're talking about the essence of your total self, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to look at that. And people define this kind of stuff in so many different ways. Are you religious? or you not religious? Are you Eastern religious or Western religious? You define it all differently, but that's not really what we're trying to get into here. We're just trying to t- look at your total sense of yourself, like your emotions, your relationships, your society, your identity, all of that stuff we're including in this concept, this mind Mm -hmm. spirit element.
1: And we talked a little bit about this, but balance, do we have balance in our commitments? Do we have the right proper place for our priorities? And that includes running.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's a concept of cognitive dissonance, which I'm sure most of you know what that is, whether or not that phrase means anything to you, you know, the sense of a thing just doesn't work right in our head. You know, the amount of time we spend doing something, um, and yet, it we're telling ourselves it's not that important of a thing, but we're spending hours and hours doing it. That's cognitive dissonance mm. because you spend so much time doing it, it must be important. Yeah. So you can't tell yourself it's not that important. And then on the flip side of this, here, if you know, if you're telling yourself running is super important, but you're not spending a lot of time doing it, there's another. You know. So the point is. Um, the balance matters because when there's cognitive dissonance and all the studies tell us this from all the psychologists, when there's cognitive dissonance, we struggle to thrive. And it actually has physical implications, causes increased anxiety and stress in your life. It has implications on relationships because your level of patience is probably lower. You're, so, Or you're feeling defensive. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that cognitive dissonance can have nothing to do with the context you're in. And yet, because it's present in your mind, it's causing problems in all of those things. Yeah,
1: and we have to know, like, why is it that we play something down or why is it that we play something up?
0: Or why do we just not appropriately estimate in our minds something? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I I have to say, like, I've been imperfect with this. And I think it was... Oh, who was it? That was calling they call it sandbagging um your performances, like saying, Oh, I didn't train that much oh, or I didn't yes, do yes. that much or whatever. And in the in the fact of the matter is, yeah, I do care. And it's hard yeah. to admit that I care. I care about this sport of running and there's part of us that feels a little like weird about it, or that we shouldn't, or that people will expect more of us, or that they'll judge us. And I, I think that we need to find the rightful place for running in our lives and be able to like think through why we're doing it, the benefits that it has for us, the way we're able to incorporate important things in life like community and health and our our mental well-being. And that's all what we're talking about today. So being able, like Zach said, to bring harmony to all of that will help us not feel defensive or shame when it comes to our time or lack thereof spent in the sport of running.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, That that sense of cognitive dissonance or just disharmony in general, um that can be self-inflicted. So when I think two conflicting things about something, that creates that cognitive dissonance, but it actually can also be externally inflicted. So if someone else thinks something that's in conflict with what I think about a thing, that can cause cognitive dissonance for me. It also causes relational dissonance, which is a different kind of thing, but um you know, so if you have if you have a family member who's like you run too much and you're not spending time with me or you know that kind of thing, that's going to cause you problems even if you don't agree even if you're like ah eh, it's just not true and the person's overreacting or something like that it doesn't matter it's still going to cause you problems because they think it so you got to address these things and and what does that mean to address them i don't know what you know your situation we
1: are not relationship like we are, coaches we are, we are not
0: <laughs> we're not counselors we're not trained in this kind of stuff we just know it's there and it needs to be dealt with or it's or cuz we want you to be a thriving runner why are we telling you this because we want you to be a thriving runner and there's more than what we know to talk about that's at play with all of these things but we're going to talk about what we do know at least from our experiences and what we've seen out there and these things are all a part of it Um, one of the key factors that we think can help with a lot of this is how we use our running time Mm -hmm. so whatever the things are that are out of balance there's that creates some kind of gap like there's just something that i'm missing in my life that I need more of in some way. And if it's possible for the time you spend running to fill that gap, I highly encourage you to use it thus. So I'm going to give you a series of very simple examples, because I think this is true for a lot of us. If you feel like you just need more quiet, like you don't have a lot of space where you can think and reflect and where you can meditate or pray, you know, if you don't have the time and space to do those things, um, if you're running an hour every day, oh, my goodness, do it during that yes. run. Like you need that time and space. And and so, it yeah, it can be the quiet space. And for most of us, I would say probably for most of us, it does, whether it's not every single run, it does tend to function that way uh, because it by nature, the fact that you can go out at you know, 6 a.m. on a January morning when it's pitch dark and everything's silent because of the snow and ice and such – it's inevitable that you're going to get a degree of quiet whether you wanted it or not. All right. So, yeah, if you need more social interaction, mm-hmm. um, find people to run with, yeah. especially if they're people that are already relationships you're trying to cultivate in some way. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, for a lot of us, we have friends and family members who will also. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're running toward the same aspirations or goals as us. And they don't have to run the same amount of time as you. You know, if, if you run for 20 minutes with the friend and then you go another 40 minutes, like that's okay. But what it's doing is it's helping fill that void of cultivating relationships you might not have had the time and opportunity to mm-hmm. do so. And there's something really potent about, um, you know, the, the accountability that comes with like, hey, we're going to meet at this time and we're going to run together. It makes the entire running experience better in mm-hmm. a lot of ways too
1: i've been so spoiled with you have been. fabulous running friends you've got
0: so many great people I to run do. with family members friends and like everyone you know
1: uh, everyone you know i'm very persistent as well so oh, yeah. I, and i have some really f- great friendships that have come from the sport of running and I miss a lot of them now. But I did get the opportunity and we actually discussed it with Joanna Stevens. We did some aqua jogging today, but we kind of were talking about how a lot of our friendships are mm. through the sport of running. So like when you don't run together, you don't see each other for very long. It's like, "Oh, we can do other things besides <laughs> run. Oh, let's aqua jog." Well, of course we chose side by side time yeah, something right. working out. But if if you're like me and, you know, you are injured, maybe still get together with that running friend because, or, or call him on the phone because I know it's COVID and we're keeping our circles small. But all that to say, running relationships can be very influential and important in keeping our social health.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, on the opposite extreme of that, um, for me, uh, almost since the day I graduated college, I've generally preferred to run alone uh, so I've I've done now over a decade of training mostly alone and have never felt badly about that in terms of like, oh man, this is hard to go out and do this again by myself. And I honestly think that a large part of the reason is because I work as my profession, I work in an entirely social experience until the COVID re- recently that changed that. But um I was a teacher for five years and then an instructional coach working with teachers for the next four and a half, five years after that. And so, you know, all day, every day I'm I'm interacting with people and if you haven't guessed from listening to our podcast, I'm quite introverted by nature and I really need some time away from people when I'm Even spending all me. day working with people. <laughs> so the fact that I run alone has been a very valuable part in just keeping me centered with all of this social interaction I have for work. So it's, yeah, it's, it's
1: But I have good. to say that Zach has kind of started thinking more along the lines of meeting up with, with friends to run and kind of Opening up his idea of training partners and thinking about running with others uh, just because that is an element that can help sharpen us and make us better in addition to the health social side.
0: So I do also want to mention here another kind of, you know, what other gaps, what other gaps do you potentially have? Um. That running time can fill. And there's there's a lot of answers to that. But, you know, if you a lot of people like to listen to things while they run.
1: Like this it, podcast. Like this podcast.
0: So, you know. So if,
1: thank you for listening. If you don't good have. Good job. Keep yeah, going. You're doing your,
0: great. In your regular day schedule, if you don't have time and opportunity to listen to interesting content. You know, so learning is a really important part as we yeah. age. Learning new things is one of the factors that helps us age well mentally. We've seen the studies. You all know that. Well, so if you're 60 plus, someone's probably yelling at you about this because this is like, you know, you're getting older. You need to be learning new things. And and everyone's like, I'm 60. I don't want to learn anything new. I don't, I'm only saying that because our parents are right around that age and they've been talking about this, but, um, so sharpening the brain, sharpening your brain. I mean, really though, if you need some interesting ideas, new, interesting ideas, like listening to podcasts while you run listening to audiobooks, you know, that kind of stuff. That's another element that might be a valuable use of that time. And many of you already do that, so you already know that you're already um,
1: listening to this podcast <laughs> while you're running.
0: And on the flip of all of this, if the thing you need more of at the moment is, um, you know, running itself is putting a strain on your more pressing needs, whatever those may be, then maybe it's a good day or week or month to take a break and yeah. have some rest.
1: And it is recommended to get an hour, half an hour, hour of exercise each day. So find something else, like two
0: hours of exercise each day.
1: (laughs) Zach's two hours. You heard it here. No, we are not medical professionals. So Zach's telling you to go two hours. I'm not telling you to do that. Okay. (laughs) So what I was saying is that it's recommended to get exercise each day. So trying something new and having running not be the only outlet would be a very beneficial thing. Like this aqua jogging thing I've got going on, it doesn't take any of the impact. So like it is, I think that overall, it was really good for me after two marathon cycles to have the opportunity to train in the pool for a bit and not have that pounding. Um, So yeah, find something that you love to do. Do some other exercises. Try to keep the momentum as we talked about with Cody Risch in our episode a few episodes back. I'll link to that as well. But momentum can often mean changing it up because what you really need is that recharge time before your next launch.
0: So there's obviously so much more to this concept. That's why you know billions of pages have been published on the ideas that we're t- trying to talk about in just twenty minutes here. But um, the reality is, for to be a thriving runner, we have to first look at the amount of time and energy we're putting into running through the lens of. As it is, whether that's like an important hobby or if you're a professional runner, that's your job, you know, that obviously it it matters more. Um, Whatever the thing is that it is, is it occupying an appropriate amount of my energy and time and space? Is it influencing my relationships in an appropriate way? Is it influencing my health in an appropriate way? Um, And then I also look at those other things and say, are my relationships positively contributing to running? You know, is there balance there? Is there a balance between what I'm choosing to eat right now and the run I have to do tomorrow? Like all mm-hmm. of those things. It's the lens that I use to try to look at these things in a way so that I can thrive.
1: And one thing that Zach just said, it reminded me, I wanted to mention in the body piece of it is that Zach had said, if running is benefiting my health and I I, for one, have been running addicted in the past, which means that I'm running to the detriment of my body. And I can probably say it pretty confidently that someone listening today is running to the detriment of their body. And I just want to say, first of all, you're not alone. It's happened to me, too. But also that running doesn't define who you are and it is an actual physical addiction like the endorphins that you're getting from this and um there there's a lot that can be done to help switch that thinking but you don't have to give up running entirely in order to have a more balanced view of running in your life so whatever your goals are take a step back and take a look at what you want for your whole life, what you want for your time on this planet, not just the running goals, and try to reprioritize and see how your mind, body, and spirit can work in harmony.
0: So, in summary, and by the way, if you want the Complete Running Foundations in published form, you must be a subscriber to itisrunning.com to get... For free for a limited time. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay for it. So if you want it free, uh, subscribe. It's free to subscribe as well at A-Z Running.com. Look for the follow button at the top or A-Z Running.com slash subscribe. And what you're going to get in summary is the running foundations, three keys to thriving, which are, as mentioned, aerobic conditioning. So raise the roof at all costs. No, sorry. That's not the right way to say that. Um, You're talking
1: about balance here, Zach.
0: In all things, as a distance runner, you are benefited by having a better aerobic condition, by raising your aerobic roof, if you will. And so that is the first priority for distance runners. And it should always be the first priority. What can I do to raise my aerobic condition and how to do that? Well, we broke that down in episode 39. Then in episode 40, we talked about number two, general strength, and mobility, and that is then to strengthen the animal is the way you feel better running, it's the way you stay healthier running, it's also the thing that makes all the rest of the running stuff a better experience for mm-hmm. you when you're strong and mobile.
1: Oh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have an expert, Kayla oh, Russo. We've got, we've
0: got so much content um, coming yeah, in the next I'm few so weeks, dr- digging deep into these things with examples from experts. It's good stuff. So then. Number three, foundation number three is as we've discussed here, which is the general health and wellness side of everything and channel the energy and channel the energy well so that everything in your life is influenced positively as yes. much as can be or at least neutrally. You know, if running has a negative influence on something in your life, it's a problem and that problem will never go away until it's addressed. So channel the energy appropriately and well for body, mind, spirit, harmony. Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks Zach, that's good. I like how we broke it down. And if you like it too, make sure you subscribe so you can get it all in written form. And also I just wanna say thank you because I recently put a little introduction cause it had been a while uh, on social media and just we've gotten a lot of great feedback. And just a lot of friendships and connections that we've made. And that's what A to Z running is all about. And if you think that maybe a running friend of yours might want to be part of this A to Z running community, share this episode, share, you know, and let us know too. So we can follow them back on social media as well. We want this to be a a relationship, a community. So thank you so much. I just really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week.